amazing episode that I am so excited to be hosting. Um, I'm so excited for my guest today. Um, the couple previous guests um, were more about body positivity. So I know that a lot of people ask like, how did you start acting? How did you start modeling and all these different things? So I really, really, really wanted to start bringing on fellow um, influencers and people who um, you know, who are making a change in the entertainment industry and talk to them about their journeys as well because my journey is completely different and really talk to the people that are really advocating for those with disabilities in the entertainment industry so we can get some representation, okay, on and off camera. You feel me? So um, I'm super excited for my guest. Tati, are you ready? Oh, my God. <laughs> This is my girl, y'all. So I'm I'm excited about this. This is gonna be a fun time. Hey! Oh my god! How have you been? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. This is kind of rough. Just dealing with all of this. It's rough and just so it's been pretty interesting so well that's a good thing that you're staying busy and you're staying occupied and you get to work because girl um so as you know this is the new narrative um what i really wanted to do is kind of how do i continue to serve my purpose of advocating for people with disabilities in a fun fly sexy kind of way and really showcase our lifestyle in a way that um that people would be into, you know what I mean? And get the real authentic story from the people who live these lives and not that ableist bullshit that they pump to us all day, every day. So the goal was to bring all of my influencer friends and people and really talk to them about what they do and how they advocate for people with disabilities to create a new narrative because mm -hmm. What I want to see is our authentic stories being told, so much so that the rest of the world catches on and realizes this is what the new narrative is about people with disabilities. So I was like, okay, I gotta bring my girl Tati on so she can really explain to people um, what you do and the importance of what you do because I truly feel that the entertainment and beauty industries are what shapes the world. It's what shape culture, it's mm -hmm. what moves the needle everywhere. And you are like a behind the scenes person making it happen. And so I want you to kind of start off with that, kind of explain what you do as a Hollywood inclusion activist and what that means and all that good stuff. Okay, I started out doing this just on my own, through my own blog, my own channels. And I, like you, just didn't want that ableist bullshit out there. I wanted to tell my own story the way I felt I needed to look. You know, with me and all my glam and my fabulousness that it is. And I didn't want any of that stripped away. And so that's how it kind of started. And just using my voice and just networking and meeting people and things like that and just getting opportunities to speak on platforms and just saying like, did you ever think about this? Did you ever think about a black girl in a wheelchair being a love interest? Did you ever think about a black girl in a wheelchair being a mom? 
in the hopes of, you know, me pitching myself for roles, because, you know, there's not that many roles for us. And in the midst of it, I ran across an organization called Respectability, um, and they were working on Hollywood inclusion. And I loved what they were doing. They were really collaborating with the production companies, collaborating with the studios, and really like going on the inside and creating change. And that was like, wow, that was game changing to me. I was like, there's nobody out here actually going down, sitting with these people saying, you know, these are the things that are wrong. This is what could be done right. And kind of guiding them on how to do it right. Because when you have these conversations with these executives, they don't know. And it's like, they just honestly don't know. And so it's kind of hard for you to tell somebody, A, make a film, a million or, you know, a 20, $30 million film with a person with a disability as a lead when to them, they don't even think disability is marketable. So how are you going to convince them? Um, So I started doing this work on behalf of respectability. I work with Lauren Applebaum as their Hollywood inclusionist. And her and I just do so much. So I do a lot of different things from if someone has a film project that they're working on or a TV project and they want to include disability, I kind of consult them on how to do it. Like this is something a girl in a wheelchair wouldn't say. This is something a guy who has cerebral palsy wouldn't say or do and just things like that because they like I said they honestly just do not know and so a lot of my work is going in and meeting the the quote-unquote gatekeepers Mm. and you know letting them know hey there's talented people with disabilities there's this kind of actress there's this kind of actor there's this kind of director and actually last year we did a lab program for entertainment professionals behind the camera Mm. um, which was really really important and they all had disabilities so writers directors producers um, with disabilities to know that they can work in the industry because if some of the Gatekeepers start to see them that there's people working behind the camera and you have a person with a disability that it's their script and you know that they're a great writer, you're going to consider it more. And just so that disability is more on their mind. And we make up 20% of the population and Hollywood needs to reflect that. And so this has been a way um, that we've been able to do it a little bit. And just within the past three years, things have changed it just with even even in the past year things have moved so much i mean we still have a lot more work to do but we're getting there right and i love that you're talking about that because i think that's kind of where a lot of times us as advocates when we meet other people who are advocating for people with disabilities they tend to not really give any empathy to the other side to people that genuinely never came across disability. It's not part of their family. It's not part of their own lifestyle. And kind of like pointing the finger like you, 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 when it's like, you know, if somebody came at me about some shit that I didn't know, like if someone was like, like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know nothing about dogs. Like I got no dog, don't want no dog. I ain't never like, you know what I mean? So you can't be mad at me for not knowing But at the same time, I think we're kind of the catch-22 in that. It's the fact that although you may not know about disability lifestyles, don't act like disability doesn't exist. And And that's where I feel like the issue lies, right? Because I may not know nothing about dogs, but I'm not gonna act like dogs ain't here. 
either. Yeah. And that maybe they need to be like dogs are more represented in films than people with disabilities. So yeah. That's a problem within itself. So when you're talking to these studio execs and gatekeepers per se, what is the the pushback? Like what is really the problem? Why do they think that disability isn't marketable? It's honestly fear. It's fear and of of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And mm -hmm. that's where we come in. We come in as someone to kind of hold their hand and say, hey, yes, you can hire this person and, and this is what you do and this is the way you have that conversation. And and yeah, I mean, it, it shouldn't be a thing, but it still is. I mean, look how, you know, TV reflects and even just being outside on, on a daily basis. People say such weird things to me as a person with a disability and it's like, so don't think just because these gatekeepers are in these studios that they're just these superhuman people. They are everyday people. Right. That they are just doing their job. And I think one of the things that I love bringing up, and I do this on every panel I've been on, every meeting I've been in, I said, did you know, according to Nielsen, the disability market is worth over a trillion dollars. We are the third largest market in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know that. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know that people like Tommy Hilfiger will have someone like Lolo in a campaign and how much he sees Lolo as a value to that campaign. You know what I mean? Like, they don't think about that. But then when you bring it to their attention, it's like, oh, okay. You know, so. Yeah, and it's then the it's money like, talks thing. Yeah, it is. It really, really is. So. It's the money talks and it just uh, having those conversations and getting them to just get it. And then when you do get it, it's like baby steps, but then it's like, let's walk you through those baby steps. And so that's kind of pretty much what my job entails. So is it working? Is it helping? Are they, are they looking for more projects? Are they looking for actors with disability? I mean, I guess it's kind of hard to say right now, just because of the, current climate that we're in but just like in general based off of what you have come across did it really open their eyes or do they do that bullshit that's like okay I hear you and then like as soon as you leave the room they're like fuck what you got to say I will because that's that, Hollywood too that is that is but I will say there are some studios that are very much open and are really thinking about it like ABC Disney um they are so open and they're about it they have so many things that they have worked on or continuing to work on and so that's awesome Netflix has been amazing mm -hmm. um they have so many projects like Crip Camp and then you have um, special with Ryan O'Connell and then actually one of the projects we consulted on the healing powers a dude where it was an Asian girl in a wheelchair and I got to consult on her character and help develop her and that was so cool because it was a woman of color who was in a wheelchair and she was a lead and I love it, it was just awesome I was like but that's what it takes it's just those things but then you know these projects sometimes they take time they're not right a one and done and you're done in a, a couple of months. It, you know, it takes a lot from anything from the beginning of the production to casting to all the right. way to de development and distributing and marketing. It's a long process. And I think in this job, I've, I've learned so much more. Like I just had the knowledge about wanting 
to to push disability inclusion and and understanding it in a marketable way because I went to school for marketing and so I understand like business marketing and and I because I wanted to brand myself and that was my goal but then I was like okay I need to take it beyond that I need to stand up and use the skills that I have for my community and not just myself and so it led into that and just turned into the activism part of it which I I never I never thought I would consider myself or see myself as an activist I just wanted to move to LA and live my best life Girl, okay, because I, I, I didn't see myself doing this either, like being considered like an advocate, like people started calling me that before I was even embracing the term, because the thing is, is I didn't want people to confuse me with the person who understands like every law and every, you know, construct and the stats. I ain't that person. I'm just the person that's going to let you know people with disabilities out here are living their lives to the fullest. And let me show you who these people are. Or let me share my experiences so you guys can understand, like, it ain't that, it ain't that weird. It ain't, it ain't what y'all think it is kind of it thing. Is. Um, exactly. So I love that you are, you know, consulting on shows and, and like you said, being an advocate without even realizing like this was going to be your journey. So how do you feel about just, I guess, in general, the need for somebody like you to be a Hollywood inclusion activist? Like, how does it make you feel that that's even necessary to have? It's honestly exhausting that it's even needed. But I mean, I guess, you know, our people of color felt that what they had to do was unnecessary. So, I mean, honestly, we as people with disabilities, we are still in in the fight for our civil rights. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so I was like, it has to exist. And you know, me, especially as a black woman and knowing the barriers that there are just being a black woman without a disability. And it's just like, there's that need to keep pushing. Cause I'm like, you're not about to hold me down cause of my disability. And I think that's where more of it comes from. It's like, you're not about to hold down me. You're not about to hold back down my friends. You're not about to hold down my people because we need to tap into that one trillion. <laughs> Get, my Get my money. Get my money. Run me my coin. Run me my coin and stop playing with me. (laughs) No, that is so true. It is that thing where it's like, even as like a content creator, sometimes I catch myself struggling to, to create content because for me, my life is, it's my normal. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is what I do. I don't think twice. I don't, I'm just doing me. So when I'm creating content, Sometimes I feel like, is what I'm creating going to be boring? I struggle with that, too. That's why I don't put out a lot of stuff, because I'm like, are they going to like this? I'm like, I like this, but I don't know if they're going to like that. If there's something worse that people want to see or hear or that I do. Right, like, like, is this something new? Is this something fresh? Is this, like, because I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, this is just me. Oh, well. Right, exactly. So sometimes I even have to consult with friends and family who are able-bodied and be like, hey, I've been thinking about doing a video about such and such topic. Like, do you find this interesting? Because ultimately, right at the end of the day, it's like, we don't really need to be speaking to the disability community more so than it is the able-bodied community and kind of bridging that gap between the two. And I think that's where some of us 
have the benefit of doing because then you kind of think about that when you're forming your brand you're like is my audience the disability community or is it the non-disabled community and you're like no my audience is both i just want the people that love what i do and love seeing me do my modeling do my acting do my makeup whatever i'm doing just enjoy it and i feel like people like you and myself just us being us bridges that gap i honestly believe I love that. I, I love that. And I would agree with you on that because, again, it's that thing of not am I enough in the sense of self-worth, but, like, am I doing enough? Because I have so much to say. I have so many different types of experiences. I can do the new narrative and I can do sit and sip after hours. And it all give the same purpose of, you know, representation, um, sharing our stories, being authentic, being unfiltered. You know what I mean? Like all of those different things. So yeah, I absolutely love that. So on the new narrative, um, I asked all of my guests this final question. What do you want the new narrative to be with reference to disability representation in Hollywood on and off camera? That we don't have to continue to have these awkward conversations and that the conversation to cast people that look like me and you is Mm -hmm. not an issue, not a problem, not even a question. If not, it's seen more as an asset. And I think that is the huge part for me is like to have someone that looks like me and you is like, no, I need them. I need them a part of this. This is what is going to make this project pop. And I think that is where I want to see, because right now we're at a point where, yes, people are thinking more of in terms of disability inclusion, but And they're starting to a little bit, but the disability and and person of color. And then, you know, with special, you know, you got Ryan, who is LGBTQ and disabled, but then he's still a cisgender white male. So we're getting there, but we still got a little more pushing to do. So, but we're going to get there. Right. And I love that you said that you want the new narratives for, to be in Hollywood, that we are an asset Yes. Because you know why we're an asset? Because we represent that $1 trillion that you could get if you stop playing with us. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just, I get, I get passionate, girl. Um, okay, so we are getting into our Q&A portion now. <laughs> Yay! Ready for some questions? Let's start here. Tati, I too have a disability, spina bifida. I was wondering, do you get a harder time from adults that you come across as far as like negative things being said or questions or stares? Is it a harder time coming from adults or from kids? Adults, of course. Kids, they're just curious and disability doesn't bother kids. It's usually the adults that are like very ignorant and just don't know. Very rarely is it from kids. Kids are just curious and but they're not ignorant about it, so. Love that. I've had kids stare at me, and I love the parents that are like, hey, can you explain to my daughter why you use a wheelchair, or my son, why you use a wheelchair? I love when parents do I love that. Yeah, yeah. That helps so much. And one of the things that I've realized that I feel the reason why, and this is, I'm a firm believer in this, and this is just my theory, is the reason why a lot of adults are afraid of disability because we grew up in that generation where parents told their kids to not stare. 
Yes. And so now people don't want to look at us because we we're quote unquote, kind of the eyesores of society when really we're not. It's just because your parents told you not to stare at us. So I like that idea of, can you explain to my child, you know, just how you move about and, you know, so that way they understand it in a different way that I think is so important. Exactly. And I literally had this conversation yesterday where it is because everyone grew up to not look, not stare, that once those kids become adults, they've been conditioned to not look, therefore yep. making us invisible. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yo, it's not about not looking at us. It's about if you're curious to ask the proper question. So, yes. and also to respect that person as a human being. Exactly. exactly. And just look at them as a human being first. And I think that's where we mess up as a society. We put all these labels on each other instead of just valuing each other as human beings. Exactly. Okay, hold on. Um, so Natalie said, I also have SB. I am studying theater, specifically stage management. Do you have any tips on making herself known to be a hard worker, a valuable worker in the industry? Like, how does she put herself out there to say, hey, I do this and I do this well, hire me? Okay. Um, I would say find some theaters that you want to participate in and just show up. If it's not accessible, ask questions. Say, you know, cause that is an issue that not all theaters are accessible. Actually before COVID, I was signed up to do a play and I had to test out theaters to see what theater was wheelchair accessible. Um, so first check out if it's accessible. If it isn't, say something, but find some accessible theaters and just show up. Ask questions, say, hey, I want to get into, can I volunteer and, you know, do some stuff, shadow some people and just let them know, like, I'm very much capable. I know how to maneuver my chair or however you move out the, you know, move around and just say, you know, can I shadow somebody or can I just try it out and just show that you are a valued person that you can contribute to whatever it is that they're doing. And they'll see that and go from there. I love that. I love that because a lot of the times people always ask me, and I know you get asked too, how did you get into acting? How did you get in model? How did you do this? How did you do that? And it's like, you know, everyone's journey is different, but a lot of people sleep on the work that you have to do, the courage that you have to have to go out there and say, hey, I'm ready to work. I want to shadow. I want to work for free. I want to intern. I want to do X, Y, and Z in order to learn as much as I can and move forward. So I think a lot of times when people ask questions like that, like, how did you do it? It's really them asking, how did you do it? So that way I can do it and reach where you got to quicker than you did. And I can avoid all the bullshit that you went through because I want to hurry up and get there. But it's like, you don't even understand that all of the work that it took for me to get up to this point makes me the best contender yeah. in the market. You can't do what I do because you didn't do what I did to Dang. get there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people sleep on that. Like you, you can't beat my work ethic. You can't mm -mm. match my network of people because yes. you didn't build those relationships. Yes, so, and you and you definitely wasn't the one going up in there fussing and complaining about how something was accessible or how you was done wrong or, you know, and use your voice to really speak up. We've, we've really had to really, you know, get a little loud. 
okay to make things happen and and we're still having to get a little loud you know we don't have to get as loud but you know we still got you know get loud a little bit so exactly exactly I was like i will get to you when we completely figured it out because i'm still trying to figure it out so i mean i've figured out a little bit more but it's still a long way to go Right, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to take two more questions. Um, I love this one. Made with Real Coco said, Push Girls should come back to TV. Would you be interested in doing a Push Girls but have Black Girls? <laughs> that sounds like fun. Okay, so I, I, I'm torn between that because I would like to see more diversity of Black girls, especially with disabilities, because... I feel like besides you doing Give Me Liberty is like the biggest shine Black Girls with Disabilities has gotten thus far. Um, And then modeling campaigns that both of us have done. Um, So I feel like that's needed, but then I don't want to exclude the diversity within disability of other women. Mm. We're not the only ones that exist. And everyone that's non of color does that to us. So I'm not gonna be the person to do the same thing. So if it was up to me, it would be a diverse mix. So it would be Asian, Hispanic, black, um, a little bit of white sprinkled in there, maybe less, cause we've seen a lot of that, but you know, that there, would, there would be a spectrum of diversity and disability um, and women in wheelchairs and just be women of color with disabilities in general. I love that. I love that. I would definitely agree with that. I, I, would I, uh, uh, you torn too. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? I have a love hate relationship with reality TV. I put myself out there a lot just naturally, but I'm not the one with the drama and I just wouldn't want it to be that. Turn into one of those. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and that's hard, too. You expect, you know, um, women to want to argue and fight. And, and, and that's definitely not me. That's not right. me. Like, I got love and support for everybody. And so it's like, it would be hard for me to get into arguments with so-and-so. And I'm just like, how are you having me have, get in an argument with Lolo? Me and Lolo are cool. Like... <laughs> Like, that ain't gonna happen. So y'all gotta... It's not. So, in that note, it would be a little hard. Yeah. Like, for me, I would rather it be more like a... um, What was the Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton reality show? What was the... Oh, yeah, where they... I forget what it was called. Um, I forget what that was called. But they were just, like, hanging out, doing fun stuff as friends. Exactly. Like, I would rather it be like that. You know, not to say Mm -hmm. that Push Girls, like, didn't have those moments or whatever, but it was a lot of the reality. But me, I'm a jokester. I'm a kidster. I'm... Child, I don't know how to act, okay? She said, we need to come together and build us all the way up. Yes, she's right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Goddess on Wheels says, where do you see your brands in five years? Um... I I want to run my own production company because uh, I want to create my own content and tell my own stories and I want to produce, direct, write, star. Like, that's the ultimate goal. Um, and I want to be able to employ my people. Like, that's important to me, to employ my people and have everybody working and have the funding to tell our stories and tell it right. That's where I see as far as my brand and my career is just, taking accessible Hollywood and, and being a production company and a place where you can go to, you know, 
get all those things that just promotes disability in media. I love it. I finally have Form Sitting Pretty Productions as a production company, LLC. So I'm really excited about that. Where I see my brand in five years is really having content, having something that is being aired on either a streaming service or linear television, casting people with disabilities, creating stories about disability that people don't know or haven't heard or haven't seen yet, really being kind of like, one of the people in the game that's like changing it, like game changer. Issa Rae is a muse of mine. So it's like going from YouTube to TV to this conglomerate of a businesswoman and an influential person. That's where I would like to see myself in five years. So um, Tati, is there anything else you want to share? Is there um, a way that people can keep up with what you're doing and how you're doing it? Like, like plug yourself, girl. This is your show. Um, so you see my Instagram there at Miss Tati Lee. You can follow me there. You can check out my blog site, accessiblehollywood.com. If you want to see what I'm doing as far as my work at respectability, you can check out respectability.org and on my Insta, just hit me up. If you have any questions, um, I look at my DMs. So hit me up. I'm always there. Holla at me. And yes! thank you so much for having me, Lolo. Of course, you already know. So thank you everyone so much. This is the new narrative and catch me next week with new guests. Bye y'all. It's always such a great time speaking with my girl Tati. She is really changing the entertainment industry with her behind the scenes efforts. That's what we have to realize. We need to work in front of the camera and behind it. You can catch up with all of Tati's latest endeavors on her Instagram at Miss Tati Lee. Thank you again and catch me next time on The New Narrative. This podcast is brought to you by Entertainment Speakers Bureau in association with Sitting Pretty Productions and Tasty Shop Media with production sound design by Bonnie and Clyde Productions.